Hello and welcome to Point Streak, a podcast where we talk everything gaming and the issues that concern gamers. We're all members and contributors at Enthusiacs.com and thank you again for joining us. Uh, our Twitter feed is at Enthusiacs and our video content all resides over at channel Enthusiacs. I am your host Jeff or Baron Fang and I am joined uh, by Greg. Hey there Enthusiac, welcome. You know what, that joke's getting old. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> I was about to say. <laughs> 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 yeah, and from the West Coast, uh, we have Nick. How are you, Nick? I'm doing okay. I didn't even go to E3, but I'm still exhausted. <laughs> uh, well, uh, let's uh, let's get right to it off the top. Uh, what have we all been playing? How about you, Nick? Oh, man, I actually meant to make a list for this because <laughs> a lot, and it completely slipped my mind. Mm. Oh, geez, off the top of my head, Race the Sun. Oh. Oh, geez, other stuff. Tekken, as always. Um, Are you ever not playing Tekken? Uh, rarely. Yeah. Very like rarely. Sleep, like nights. Oh, oh yeah. Maybe well, meal time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I played through Papo and Yo. I played through a lot of the free stuff on uh, PlayStation Plus. So Papo and Yo, um, what was it? Lone Survivor. I'm like two thirds oh, of the way through that. Yeah, I really want to play um, that. Let's see. I tried out Talisman. Uh, the the Steam version. Oh, there's a lot of other weird stuff I tried, and I cannot remember. Hmm. Uh, a lot of weird stuff. <laughs> I go for experiences, not necessarily big budget stuff. Yeah. So, well, it's the time of year for that with Steam sales and stuff on. So, I don't um, Steam sale. <laughs> how about you, Greg? <laughs> all right. Well, I am completely coincidentally and not at all related to the topic at night. I've been playing. A Scribblenauts remix for the Android operating system, <laughs> and uh, I've been playing uh, Five Nights at Freddy's, also for the Android operating system. Played The Room for the Android operating system, and I've been playing Knights of the Old Republic and Bard's Tale on the Android operating system. And that was a coincidence. <laughs> Total ta- coincidence. I'll take your word for it. I mean, oh, and Game Dev Story. I've been playing Game Dev Story today for oh. the Android operating system. It, that's that's a real game. I, I wow. It sounds like you're playing on convenience for you. Yes, as a matter <laughs> of fact, I am. Uh, and for myself, uh, I've been playing. Uh, I, pl- I finished Call of Duty: World at War, and I am ashamed to admit I've actually been poking around with that stupid monster game on the Steam Summer Sale uh, here and there to earn cards for no particularly good reason. So uh, that's officially the low point for me, gaming wise, <laughs> this year. And yet I bought a lot of games. So uh, out of uh, out of that madness comes some positive gaming. I'm I'm hoping yeah. down the line. I've also bought a lot of games that I'm probably never going to play. <laughs> I'm usually pretty good about getting around to it. It's just uh, when your stack of shame jumps up by like 20 titles in in uh, in one yeah. week, it, uh, it's hard to keep tabs of things. Well, nowadays, just uh, give them a shot inside two weeks. If you don't like it, send it back. Yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. Uh, that mm-hmm. with that uh, policy in place now, if something's uh, completely awful or broken or both, you've you've got the option, right? Uh, as long yep. as it's under three hours of game play. Two, two hours, hours of game time. Two weeks. Two, yeah. two, two hours. Yeah. Okay. Huh. Well, you know, it'll be interesting about a year from now to find out what the um, uh, 
what what the postmortem is on that. Not that it'll go away, but just uh, how <laughs> yeah. you know what people's uh, experiences on the dev side in particular with that. Um, yeah, yeah. There, there, there's a lot of potential implications that can come from that. And actually, that reminds me of another game that I played was Windward, which was my first Steam return. Just because oh. it didn't, well, it was inspired by pirates, and I'm like, oh, I want to check that out, and it was inspired by the part of pirates that I was not so interested in. So, <laughs> oh. the combat just didn't work for me. It wasn't what I was expecting. So, uh, okay. Well, uh, Greg's uh, expansive list of uh, of Android operating system games are a nice segue to uh, our topic this week. Uh, long a long overdue examination of mobile games, um, cell phones. You know your PDAs and tablets are all now, you know, uh, they're amazing. You said game. PDA. It's PDA, yeah. Well, <laughs> I, was, I was reading earlier, and what I. What do kept, you use well, a BlackBerry? <laughs> no, I, no, no, no. I kept. Do you use it, a you know, Sidekick? Yeah. Whatever gets AOL, basically. <laughs> I can go obscure if you want. How about I can? I was reading about the history here and there, so it kept coming up. Though I realize it's kind of a, you know, pointless to even mention it now. But uh, they're now a major gaming platform, and. Uh, the 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 uh, the word casual uh, often comes up um, in, in the context of discover, discussing mobile games, and we'll uh, we'll get to that. Um, I might stop. I might start off um, by by just asking: um, Is there? Do you, and I'll start with you, Nick. Do you think there's any one reason why uh, it's it's gone in a relatively short amount of time? Um, from you know mo- games on mobiles being sort of an afterthought to being the the you know juggernaut that they are now in, in the in the games industry is there any one one reason why that's happened is it is it just the hardware or is there something else to it well uh that's that's kind of a deep question i can't can't quite put that really briefly but i would say that part of it is the hardware there's a there's like a break even point where you go from having cuz i've been in mobile for jesus over a decade now i think and I started on old feature phones. You might call them dumb phones. You know, <laughs> a, a little bit past playing Snake on it. You know, when when well, color Snake. displays weren't exactly universal. Arkanoid and all that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Arkanoid might have been pushing it. You know, <laughs> um, kind of fancy whack-a-mole type games that were awful. Um, but let's see. There's a point where the hardware just gets up to the point where you get that break even and it's no longer this is just a way to waste time to something that you can actually get interested and absorbed into. Mm-hmm. And when it hit that point and when the phones that could do that started getting mass appeal, that just expanded the market. The same way that the Wii started appealing to people that weren't quote core unquote gamers. <laughs> yeah. It expanded the market and it printed money. Yeah. So something very similar is going on with mobile, yeah. where everyone has one of these things, so there's no investment in buying the hardware. You yeah. already have it. And what are you going to do? Well, there's all of this stuff that's really cheap or free or looks interesting, mm-hmm. you know, just a way to kill time, or you do get in, absorbed into it. Yeah. Other people talk about this stuff. You're going to try it out. Yeah, and it's an easy impulse buy too because uh, most of the stuff is either free or cheap <laughs> as well. So the inve- even in the investment in the software is uh, is relatively low. At yeah, least don't tell uh, Square Enix that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I will defend the cost of Final Fantasy Tactics. I think 
I, I actually haven't played it on mobile, but I know that game very well. It costs fifteen dollars on mobile, I think. But I think if it was translated well, that game is worth it. <laughs> well, uh, you you probably haven't had as as much uh, long term connection to uh, mobile games as, as Nick has, uh, Greg. But is there was there a point at which it finally was significant on your personal radar? Like, was there any one game or one device where you suddenly went from being you know at, you know not really noticing or caring too much about mobile games to really being, you know, participating quite a lot in them. Well, I mean, and I'm I'm assuming at this point we're just excluding handheld because that would Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh I I would say probably on the uh, the old Motorola Razor was actually when I first started playing these these games and they were just Ooh. they were uh I used them initially as time killers, you know, to Yeah. You know, if I had nothing going on, I was in the doctor's waiting office, I'd have a game loaded up on my phone. I played a, a turn-based uh, RPG style game based on Doom, <laughs> which was uh, was interesting, and I, and I actually had some fun with that. It was a weird game. I mean, like because you're using the numbers to move around, and then you had to like choose your move. Like, you want to run, you want to try to defend, or do you try to shoot them? And what's your accuracy? It was uh, interesting. I don't think I ever finished that game because I ended up getting another phone. But uh, yeah, so as early back as like. Oh, when were those popular? Two thousand seven or so. Mm. Yeah, that's when I started doing them uh, on my phone. Especially, I, I mean, when I when I at my job back then, I used to have a lot of you know show up someplace, get it set up, and then wait for people to show up for me. So I uh, I ended up using that to kind of be my time killer between when I was set up and when somebody would finally walk in the door. Yeah, uh, and and so that's when I started doing it. And then when I got my first Android device, the Droid, that's when I. I really started finding myself getting into the games I was playing, and that's—I mean—that was the first time I actually bought Game Dev Story uh, before I started playing it again quite recently. And uh, yeah, so I think just I've been doing it almost since the phones were good enough to have games. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's just—it's something I enjoy for what it is. Yeah, for for me, if we exclude things like Breakout and Snake and stuff like that, probably the first one I I sunk a lot of time into was uh, the first really good Scrabble um, uh, game. Which unfortunately is laden to the hilt with ads. <laughs> after after yeah. every word, <laughs> you've got to go through advertisements if you don't pay for the full game. But uh, yeah, that for for me, Greg too, it was a, a time killer as well. Um, though I I, I admit uh, when it when it was clear that it was it looked good enough that um, it, it felt like it was worth spending time on. That kind of made an impression on me. Um, I might ask, also ask, uh, what's the deal with Japan, guys? It, like, I keep the, I keep hearing that's about a loaded how, question if I ever heard that. <laughs> in the context of mobile games. I, I keep hearing things like, and maybe you guys know more about this than I do. I keep hearing that the mobile market over there is is huge, and it's actually gotten to the point where it's hitting the console market. Like, is there something different about the market there, it, or are they just have they have they had these games longer? Are they less? I, I don't I don't quite understand why th- there's that Im- the impression that, that you know the mobile just dominates everything there is there is there is that true or is that an exaggeration? The mobile market in Japan um, has had I would say it's a bit more mature in the sense of it's been around a bit longer. They were able to get more impressive games on their feature phones way back in the day, a lot earlier. Um, they I, I remember like Dragon Warrior showed up there a few years before we were able to get like Final Fantasy here. Um, but it's, it is very large in Japan, but when you're trying to understand the Asian market, it gets a little weird Mm. because 
we think of, say, the recent news with Konami, where they announced that they're going to focus mobile first. Yeah. Well, it, does, it doesn't exactly translate because we think of Konami as, you know, the Konami code. They make Contra and, and various other things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but in Japan, a lot of their money comes from other businesses. They're not actually primarily a game company. Yeah. So when, when you try to, to look at it, you know, one-to-one, it doesn't quite add up. So it's going to sound weird. Um, on top of that, the actual what's available in Japan versus what's available here, mm. even though the market, it, the, the, the actual like iOS and Google Play storefronts are worldwide, uh, sometimes you can wind up with things in different regions being managed by different entities yeah. or have different that like things will be available in one region and not in another. So that can get a little weird, too. Yeah. Yeah, I just I just keep hearing uh, that they're uh, you know that that they're they're competing so heavily with with the consoles that some people don't even bother getting consoles anymore. But uh, yeah, I guess you're right. There is there's differences there that it doesn't necessarily translate. Um, Greg, you've uh, you've you've obviously pl- I mean even recently in the last two weeks, by the sound of it, you've played a, a few mobile games. Mm-hmm. Do you tend to err on the side of uh, these free to play, or have you ever really invested uh, much in a in a pay model or or bought many uh of, of these games i really kind of find myself leaning towards i'd rather pay two to three dollars or sometimes even as high as five dollars mm. and just own the game outright than to do free to play but be constantly poked in the eye and, and people trying to get me to, to buy new stuff now that's yeah. not to say i won't do free to play i think i've famously played several that i've mentioned on this podcast in the past but yeah I would rather pay the two bucks, three bucks, five bucks just to own the game outright. Hmm. And uh, is there, <laughs> have you found one yet that's uh, that that was particularly egregious as as far as you know? Um, I, I mean, money. Gr- mo- there's a couple of really bad examples yeah. of money. I, I do that- pretty good about avoiding the ones that are egregious. You know, I, I'm not really a buy on release kind of mobile gamer. Mm. So usually, you know, by the time I find out about like the the dungeon keepers or whatever that one was called by the EA, like I already know enough to avoid it. Yeah. And I mean, even some of the ones that you know ended up really really biting me that I had to like try to request refunds for. And I'm looking at you, Knights of the Old Republic. <laughs> um, yeah, even those ones. I mean, they weren't terrible. They were just you know kind of buggy and they were really hard to to get to play. Yeah. Um, I don't. I can't think of anyone that has been too over the top asking me for money, but then I wouldn't because if it did, I would probably just uninstall it and move on to something different. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's there's a couple games that are kind of considered. Uh, um, I don't know tit- if Titans is the right word, but you know, games like Angry Birds, Plants vs Zombies, Candy Crush, and um, I guess even Flappy Bird to a point are all games that have done very, very well. Uh, Nick, you, you've got, you've had a bit of ex- more than a bit of experience on the development side. Is there? Is there um, a formula? Is there is there something that the, the games that do really well have some magic that they have that the ones that uh, that don't uh, is, is there is there any one thing that that puts these games over the top in terms of being successful? Or I guess if you knew that you'd be uh, yeah crack <laughs> the code, Nick. You'd have cracked the code. But is, is there speak any slowly? One, by the way, I'm taking notes. Is there any one thing that tends to kind of put these games over the top, or is uh, is it all just um, chaos? The short answer is no. There is no one thing. Um, it, it, uh, the, it's all going to depend on the type of game you put together, who you market it to, 
the quality of the game and how the uh, like it's called the core loop. How well that works, how engaging it is. Um, the more cynical might say that's how addicting it is. Um, yeah. But yeah, you you have to you have to figure out the right alchemy of these things. Like you mentioned, Flappy Bird. Flappy Bird, if it it was free to play, mm-hmm. and the vast majority of the money that it made was all from a little ad banner on it, and it yeah. made a lot of money, um, partially because it showed ads every time you died, and you died a lot in that game, and yeah. You know, that'll give you a lot of advertising impressions. Impressions are when you see the ad. Yeah. Um, and if the other thing is, is, is a little sneaky on that one, but you kind of, it doesn't quite present it the same way every time. You could kind of habitually click something in the interface, but oh, no, an ad popped up. So you clicked the ad, and that'll give you a click through on the ad, which is worth more than an impression. Right. Um, so, meh. I, if there were any purchases in Flappy Bird, it was just to get rid of the ads entirely. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, for example, um, Game of War. Uh, despite their shady advertising, um, <laughs> man, I thought Ebony was bad. But um, You shall not speak of Kate Upton this way. <laughs> I lived through Ebony. I thought we got past that. No, we're Anyhow. not. We are, like, right in that. Yeah. Uh, I can always hope. <laughs> and and you haven't seen the if if you're only referencing Kate Upton, you haven't seen the rest of them. The, oh, some of do, them do are they get weird. worse? Because those ones are pretty blatant. Yeah. I, I've only They're not the all bad in the same way. I've been yeah. another game I've been playing is Pandemic, which Greg, if you want to play it, it's on Android. Um, but there's this little ad banner on the bottom, and there are usually ads for Game of War, and I know Game of War, and looking at the ads, I wouldn't think that was Game of War, and it's not all exploitive it's like one of them looks like deer hunter except it's a minotaur or something it's like what wow or or something that almost looks like roulette except it's like swords and axes and it it gets really weird anyway what was i talking about the Uh, magic the 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 secret formula for making money and free to play um no the the really the main thing is to fail a lot yeah you're gonna really free to play is actually very hard to make money on. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is not the kind of thing where, like a lot of people, you see uh, in forums and and comments a lot. It's like, oh, just slap you know in app purchases and it just prints money. No, no, yeah. you're gonna you're like you have. Do you know how expensive it is to get people to play a free to play game? If you have to spend like two dollars to get people into the game mm-hmm. and they spend on average one dollar you're a massive failure yeah, yeah. i i'm wondering uh in, in an era and i i you know i i i'm on steam a lot and i i hear a lot about uh, some of the dodgy stuff that ends up on steam um and and you're both uh, you've both been in games development uh, so you might have some insight into this uh it seems to me that the barriers to develop games and, and get them out there for people to purchase on the PC side is as low as it's ever been. Uh, like, it's really easy to get a game on Steam, for example, and and it doesn't look like it's very hard to get it past the gatekeepers in terms of quality control either. But uh, is it any is it any harder or cheaper or, or more expensive uh, on the mobile side, or are the barriers to entry there the same difference? Um, I'm not really clear on, on the differences. I would say that the barrier is higher on mobile because 
you have to play with very specific tools. Um, right. It'll be easier on Android because it's a much more open platform, uh, and you could just make something, put it up there. Uh, I don't think there's really even any fees associated with it. With um, developing for iOS, you have to use an Apple computer in there somewhere. You have to like compile through Xcode hmm. and all of this other stuff. Their submission process is a lot more, I don't know, exact, frustrating is probably the best word to put it. And good God, don't get me started on iOS provisioning. I fear the day I have to actually understand this thing. I, I work with an engineer who said it's better than it used to be because when you read the forums, it's far less often you see the phrases black magic and voodoo when it comes to <laughs> iOS provisioning. It's it's absolutely ridiculous and bears no, no nothing. It has no relation to what you're actually doing. It's just restrictions for the sake of restrictions. Whereas on PC, to bring it back to the actual question, you can program something in pretty much any way you want in most any. You, you can make a web application. You can make a little EXE file. Um, you can use some of the same tools that you would on mobile. You can make something in Unity. Um, and you can put it up on Steam. You could put it up on, I don't know, some other portal. I don't, I, I don't use the other ones, but um, yeah. like... I don't know, Origin, good old games, whatever. Yeah. Or you could just like put it up on some website. I mean, Artemis. Artemis is a wonderful game. And if anyone's listening to this, look into Artemis. If you like Star Trek, you will love that game. Um, But uh, yeah, that's a guy. It's like one guy made a game, posted it. uh, On his own site? Just his own site. He made this. There is a site for it, there is a community for the game. Um, but, uh, yeah, you could just put stuff up what, wherever things can be shared. Like every so often I still play a game called Tamiki Fighters that was posted on the, on the, like the little descriptions that go with, uh, Penny Arcade strips Yeah, like seven years ago. And I still go back to it sometimes. It's, it's great. But yeah, I mean, you can just put whatever you want online. Whereas if you're going to release stuff on, um, uh, uh, Android and iOS, um, it's it's a lot more restrictive, but what's more, if you're going to have any sort of server interaction with that, then it's not a fire and forget thing. You also have to support it. Yeah. You have to make sure the servers stay up. You have to pay for the servers. Unless it's a you know completely non-networked game, those things you can put up and it's fire and forget. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I just want to interject something real quick, um, just because uh, I have very, very, very limited experience uh, in terms of this question, and absolutely goose egg in terms of releasing a mobile game. But I will say I found myself mm. quite surprised, given how much absolute trash you can find on Steam, how hard it is to actually get a game on there. So it really makes you think, because some of these people had to work pretty hard to get their trash out there for people to hate. Oh, okay, so it's not as easy as, uh, as Yeah, it it's, it's really not as easy as just, oh, here's a game. Steam put it up there, and Steam says, okie dokie. And actually, there's a lot of hoops to jump through, and it was, it, it was a lot more complicated and a lot more restrictive than I thought it would be, especially given some of the stuff that has apparently made the cut. 
Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm literally hearing about stuff every week that is, you know, either direct ripoffs or yeah. <laughs> complete garbage. Um, I, I yeah. on a on a related subject, Greg, uh, you you met was it Old Republic that you mentioned that didn't work so well for you earlier? Yeah, it, w- it was uh, Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah, it was the port on on uh, the Android, and I think I only paid like a dollar for it, so I didn't really like cry too many tears. But um, it it basically the the subtitles. And any of the text on the interface menus didn't display, uh, which is kind of a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> um, Have you had many other experiences like that with with mobile games where just that's that's they, the they first time it ever failed that hard. And, and that's not- the wonderful compatibility testing that goes on with Android. You can never catch everything. <laughs> yeah. The thing that's weird though is like I could understand like when I used to use a Droid, I I understood how like sometimes that would happen, but uh. For something to fail that badly, and I checked the comments, and it's happening to quite a few people. And we're all using like Samsung Galaxies, so it's it's you'd really think like that would make the cut, but I I guess I guess it, I guess it did not. You, you realize how many Android devices? Did you know that there are four different Galaxy S4s? Yes, I did. Yeah. As a matter of fact, <laughs> yes, it uh, it it gets real hard. You have to pick and choose somewhere. And even something that sounds ubiquitous, like a Samsung Galaxy, it wouldn't shock me if if it got skipped somewhere. Wow. Um, A a general question, just just for interest's sake, um, is the development cycle for mobile games, like how does it compare in terms of the amount of time to the average like PC or console title? Is it generally shorter or? Hmm. Are you talking to initial release? Yeah, I guess so. Um. Uh, I, I would, would say, would yeah, well, I would say that it might be, depending on, okay, let's just say the biggest mobile game to the biggest console game from the beginning of the planning phase to the initial release, the console game is going to be a lot longer. Yeah. You can have smaller console games that are going to have a lot faster turnaround than certain mobile games. The trick with mobile games is that a lot of them, particularly the free-to-play ones, like I said, they're not fire and forget. you got to support them. And if they're free-to-play, you definitely want content coming out to keep people engaged in the game and interested in the game and interested enough to be willing to spend money on the game. To do that, you have to keep developing and developing and developing and developing. Clash of Clans has been in development for, I don't know, four or five years now, they're still releasing updates, you know, Uh, and older games, I'm sure, have been out longer and and been updated more than that. So it's it's just a constant treadmill of generating new content, putting out updates. So by that one, you could say that after release and maintaining support, mobile can be in development far longer. I'd uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up something that uh, Nick wanted to mention uh, when you brought up Penny Arcade earlier. Uh, there's <laughs> been a there's been a, a, a web comic uh, that we we I guess we both are you familiar with PVP Greg the web comic Yes yes I am have, have you been reading it recently I have not been There's a there's a storyline that's been going on for well I guess they've been on and off on this storyline Nick but uh, more recently it's it's been related to iOS troubles. <laughs> Uh, and basically it's about a sort of flappy troll clone called, sorry, flappy bird clone called farty troll, which has haha their, their game that they're developing on PVP. And, um, I don't know, Nick, uh, would you say that it is a, 
somewhat inaccurate whimsical take on like developing for mobile <laughs> yes if like i said flappy bird developed by one guy if you're gonna make a little challenge like a a, a, a tiny little game like that yeah. you're not gonna have like a team of artists and developments <laughs> and pressers at e3 like like you said it's whimsical so that much makes sense but I think the most accurate thing in that whole storyline is when Apple is rejecting it and <laughs> they can't get a word back from Apple because they don't give a crap. Um, actually, Apple's probably a bit more responsive than that, or at least I have the fortune of being uh, with a group that has enough clout that if we ask a question, we can get an answer. <laughs> Makes me but, wonder if the author had some experience uh, about that particular aspect of it, because that did seem to, to ring the truest, at least to me, anyway. Well, I mean, there there are stories out there that um, of of people getting stuff rejected for bogus reasons and so forth. And you know, when it comes to content approval, there's it, it, even in mobile, there's a long history of of weirdness going on. I remember uh, way back in the day, we submitted something to be. Um, at a previous company, we submitted a game to be uh, released on T-Mobile, and one round got rejected because <laughs> there was violence against cartoon penguins in it, and it violated one of the standards. <laughs> um, this was clearly just like a new standards tester with T-Mobile that was being a bit overly literal. We just challenged it, and and you know, it's like, oh no, that's right, it it passes. But man. There, there, sometimes there's some weird interpretation of, of content requirements that goes on. <laughs> um, the subject of uh, tie-in games uh, has come up recently, uh, largely to me because of this uh, release of Fallout Shelter, which uh, I gather is still some time away on Android, Greg. I think that was the latest that it was going to be uh, some, some way off before it. Yeah, I've. Last I heard was weeks, if not months. Although, also based on what I've heard, nobody can keep it running long enough to actually get a decent <laughs> play session on it. So, it, I'm not holding my breath for that one. But in a in a world yeah. where it actually does work and is available on on other platforms, which is obviously what they're shooting for, um, what do you what do you think of the idea? Like to me, I think it's kind of a, if it works, a, a kind of brilliant idea. To, you know, to keep, wet people's a- appetites ahead of the the main course. Uh, is I mean, is this is this the sort of thing you've you, have you ever played a tie-in game like this before? I guess was that Arkham game that you played? Was that something that was out before the game, or was that just some sort of side? Uh... I think that was out before the game. Ah. But, I mean, that one was that one and Injustice. <clears throat> excuse me, Injustice, which were both kind of tie-in games, were just sort of yeah. mobilized versions of the same game. I don't think they were meant to kind of entice me to buy the full game. I think they yeah. were just. You know, let's put it out. I mean, they both ran off the same engine, so they just kind of reskinned it and put it out there, and yeah. see if you know you can get people playing your games on on somewhere else too, and get more eyes on it. Hmm. Well, but what do you think of tie-ins in like that in general, or a lead-in like game? Do you think that's a good marketing idea? Is it? Is it? I mean, do you think they'll actually make any money on this Fallout Shelter in addition to you know keeping the hype going for Fallout Four? I'm sure they're going to make money on this uh, because Fallout 4 is is basically just the, the big giant hype machine. I mean, I yeah. I heard somebody this very day say like they think it's probably might be one of the best games that they've ever played. I'm like, well, well, let's listen. I'm a huge Fallout fan, and anyone who heard the last Point Streak knows that. But I mean, let's at least wait till the sucker's in your hands before you start ringing it and calling it the best game ever. Yeah. But I, <laughs> and, you know what? I think though, 
I think they are going to make a lot of money because people want to play this game and they want to have something to tide them over and like everyone's thinking Fallout right now and I don't know how many people I've heard have broken out Fallout 3 in New Vegas. And so I think yeah. you're probably going to see people who are just like, I want to play something that's Fallout related and look, here's this brand new game I can play. But they're not going to make as much money as they could have if they'd managed to get Android out at the same time. Yeah, yeah buddy. Someone's yeah. There really you go. About that. Right there. <laughs> I figured that did uh, rattle a few cages. Um, do you expect to see more of this type of, uh, I mean, marketing or whatever you want to call it, for lack of a better word, Nick? Like, uh, you know, saying, well, let's release a tie-in game ahead of the main release. Is it? Is it something, I mean, maybe I'm ignorant. Is it something that's already common or should w- would we expect to see it more often if this works well? Oftentimes, just getting the major release out is hard enough that, Reserving additional engineering resources to work on some sort of tie-in project might not be worth the effort. Sometimes you can just sort of stumble into something or you have something built in a way that it translates well, like, you know, Injustice, the console and mobile versions are built using the same engine. You can put some, pardon me, uh, uh, like, it's not exactly a reskin, more like a repackaging um, and and get some more visibility out there. You can have that, and there's always going to be some sort of tie-in. Like I've worked on a game that uh, it, it was originally supposed to be its own release, but later was sort of repurposed and held back to tie in with a related console release of the same property. Yeah. So things like that can happen. Um, are we going to see more? Um, I think it's just going to be a spattering here and there, kind of the way it's always been. Hmm. There are some tools that can help do this more in the future, but it's still a really complicated thing to try to pull off. Like I said, I am sure Bethesda, if they had any, any way to do it, they really wanted to get the Android and iOS versions of Fallout Shelter out at the same time to be ready for E3. Android must have been having some trouble or the schedule didn't work out right because there are some people, there is some number of people who would have tried it on Android if it was available when it was announced at E3. It was not available, and now they will not try it. Not out of spite or anything. It's just (laughs) it's not in front of them anymore, so they'll just move on to something else because, you know, this is real life and we got shit to do. Yeah, Yeah. and months from now there's other stuff to occupy their time with and the less they'll, the hype train will probably moved on to something else. So mm-hmm. yeah, I reckon uh, you're probably both right. Uh, I still think we'll see as many ridiculous movie tie in games as we always have in the past though. You're, there'll be other Iron Man games and stuff like that, uh, but maybe not as many of these. Um, as long as Kim Kardashian's game keeps getting updates, that's really all I care about. <laughs> it keeps making money. It'll keep getting updates. Yeah can't believe that well, thing makes as much as it does. Well, that's a uh, an interesting segue into um, a sort of a negative uh, slant on things. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll ask you both. I'll, I'll, I'll start with you, Greg. Uh, why, why so much derision from hardcore, quote-unquote, gamers towards uh, these sorts of casual experiences? Is, uh, it, are, are you a trader? I mean, you, I've even heard you use the joke yourself, Greg, calling yourself a filthy casual during the, uh, <laughs> the update at the beginning of a point streak. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, there's some truth to that, uh, that perception. Why, why, um, I mean, I, I don't think threatened is the right word, but why the derision for, for these sorts of games? Why are they less legit? Uh, why, why is that the, uh, the go-to amongst the, the real quote unquote gamers? 
Well, um, I think for starters that as as gamers, sometimes we as a community can be terrible people. Um, so you can go ahead and direct that hate mail to <laughs> pointstreak at enthusiasts.com for that statement right there. But it's it's true. We can take a look. You know, hey, it, I wrote it, an it article about that concept. So <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, you did write an article on that. So anyway. It, so yeah, we can we can sometimes be terrible people, and we we look at you know the the filthy casuals, and I've used the joke, um, and I refer to myself as one because I <laughs> mobile game as much as I use console games these days. Uh, I don't even know if the the true quote unquote hardcores would would have me as their own, but uh, it's it's some it's I mean they obviously don't take the same kind of conviction to play, and plus when when you start invoking this market, you now live in a world where. Somebody could say, oh, I'm a gamer, too. I play Kim Kardashian Hollywood, or I'm a gamer, too. I play Farmville, you know. So people, yeah. you tend to look at it and, and think, like, you know, well, you're not, you're not a real gamer. Like, you don't, you've, you know, you've never had to stare down a cyber demon with only a shotgun and, you know, <laughs> figure out what you're going to do about it. And, and, and on the other hand, there's also the idea that the people are starting to go towards the casuals because they're just... They're sort of the new naive flock of people. They haven't been as as jaded by the system, so that's it's fresh wallets. I know a lot of people were kind of a little unhappy with Nintendo yeah. when they embraced the casual market, quote unquote, with the Wii. In that, like, oh, why aren't you making games for real gamers anymore? And it really kind of felt like exclusion. And and a lot of people sort of tend to to act like there's no. There's no overlap. You're either one of us or you're not one of us. And if you're making these games like these Wii Sports that clearly aren't for "quote unquote" us, then you know you're against us. And and Nintendo was laughing all the way to the bank. Uh, yeah, and I'm, I, well, I'm, I'm choking back laughter because you said that it is being exclusionary to try to get new people in. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's one of yeah. the contradictions in thinking that goes on. Yeah, yeah exactly. And and because I've always been one of the ones who said like. I don't care what you play, you know, you, you play something, you're a gamer. Sure. You, you know, Farmville is as much a game as anything else. And is, I don't, I don't want to be that guy who's all like, oh, well, your game didn't meet some internalized standard I have. So it's not a real game. We've also talked yeah. about Flappy Bird. And when that came out, there was a lot of backlash about it saying it was a terrible game. I, I played it. It's not a terrible game. It's very simple. It, but it it's not exactly deep. Yeah, so is Tetris, it's, and it and it's uh, yeah. le- legit apparently and respected. <laughs> yeah, well, there's Isn't more Tetris complex- in the Hall of Fame now. Yeah, yeah. Tetris yeah. is more complex than Flappy Bird, but still, yeah. I mean, Flappy Bird is is a small, simple, challenging game. It's like ball in a cup. You know, is that a great game? No, it's tough. You don't talk that way about Ball in a Cup. <laughs> we'll save that for another podcast. Ball I'm cup. complimenting Ball in a Cup. I'm just detailing what it is <laughs> i mean is it, it not to get too off topic but is it possible that uh and possibly you know for some of these developers that straddle mobile console pc etc is it possible that mobile games could be a gateway drug to people into like, real quote-unquote gaming too is, is absolutely that, does that happen oh, yeah, happens absolutely. All the time. yeah that's just uh, a way to get people to understand like okay this is what an interactive experience is capable of yeah. and some number of those are going to be like, okay, well, um, I, I can see this. What, what what else do you have to offer me? It's kind of like, uh, um, you know, back in the day, Nintendo was it, it had and still has a reputation for appealing to a younger audience. Mm-hmm. Um, but nowadays, a lot of 
your again, quote unquote, core experiences on console, you're going to have, you know, 10 buttons, two analog sticks. And, and we've been brought up in this and developed our understanding of the medium with yeah. the evolution of the medium. We understand all of the, the shorthands about how to control things. Other people who are new to it don't have that. They, if you're interested in starting, you have to start with a simpler experience. Yeah, yeah. Um, do we think? Uh, do we think that um, it will ever mobile gaming will ever replace or uh, any of the other platforms, or is it is it capable of taking a bigger slice of the pie than it already does, or is there or will it reach some sort of equilibrium? Has it already reached it? Like. I'll start with you, Greg. Is do, do you see mobile gaming growing at the expense of uh, of, of other platforms, or is it, you know a rising tide just going to lift all boats? I I don't really see it as being negative to like the home console market and the PC market. I think probably, and I I don't know these numbers, and I'm not an expert, and so I'm really kind of making it up as I go right now. But I think likely the handhelds, the uh, the Game Boys, and whatever they're calling them now, the 3DS. And yeah. the, man, I'm so old. I can't believe I just did that. <laughs> whatever they call it. <laughs> no, whatever these kids thing. are calling them these days. When, like I was it wasn't a kid, we had, when, when I was a kid, we had one screen and we were, and it was black and white. Yeah. <laughs> it was spinach green. <laughs> and we the batteries no. last longer, though. That's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sadly. But anyway, yeah, I mean, I think mobile games are going beyond that because people don't want to have to carry it. it more than one thing in their pockets and the fact that they have the one thing that's their phone and their, you know, their mini computer. And then uh, in addition to that, it's their gaming console. So I think probably handheld is likely seen a hit from it. But mm-hmm. I mean, there's, I can't imagine a world where I, I'm sitting and like, well, I think I'd rather play an Android operating system game than even play a game on the console. I prefer these. No, I think there's the so people who want need an Ouya. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, you can buy an Ouya these days, right? And by that, I mean the company Ouya. You can just buy one, I think. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. That was Ouch. Fun. Yeah, wow. zing. All right, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I don't I don't think it's going to hurt the home console market. I think it's probably going to hurt the, the handheld market. But it, it it's growing because more and more people are getting smartphones, and I don't think that's going to stop anytime soon. So I don't really – the. It it just turns into its own thing where like well mobile gaming might grow but then it becomes its own oversaturated market and maybe it'll have its own little mini collapse and we'll see something come out of that. Yeah, yeah. What what do you see, uh, you know, uh, Nick? Uh, it it taking over any any additional portion of the market uh, or yeah, it, like Greg said, if it's going to impact anything, it's going to impact the portable market. Hmm. Uh, it may not even eliminate the portable uh, market. I, I'm not sure. I know that the margins for portable games are real different than uh, console games. Not surprising. They're at a lower price point um, right. and a, a, a smaller market share. I mean, if, if you're going to say that they're not going to threaten consoles, if anything's going to threaten console, it might be the, the resurgence in PC gaming uh, and the fact that it, it, it's... <laughs> Well, this is getting completely off of mobile, but I mean, there's there's a whole like um, fidelity of the experience. Another generation of consoles or even PC hardware, we're not going to get too much better on the visuals. It we're getting pretty close to like real time photorealistic stuff, and um, so it, 
another generation of that's not going to improve that much. Yeah. Um, let's see. No, I, I I wanted to say it's something else to say, but I can't remember. So let's move on. <laughs> well, I uh, I might finish up with just a, a quick uh, favorite and least favorite <laughs> mobile game uh, for for each of you. Uh, how, how about you, Greg? What's your uh, highlight and low light in terms of a mobile experience to date? Well, I guess a highlight I'd have to say was well, I mean, I I came back to Game Dev Store years later, so I guess that's got to be somewhere up there. And Fruit Ninja is also was super fun and pretty cathartic. So those those have got to be pretty high. And low light, I think, probably goes to the game where the subtitles and none of the text and any of the menus displayed. So I'm going to give that one to Knights of the Old Republic. Ah, okay. How about you, Nick? Uh, what your best and worst? Mm. Oh, I've actually played a lot of mobile games. So mm. trying to pick a worst is going to be tough. Well, I mean, yeah. I've, <laughs> yeah. I work in the industry. i got to know what other people are doing. Oh, yeah, I was about see. to ask, like, do you actually play a lot of mobile games, like, on your own time? Or is it, it basically, are you at the point now where you see a phone and the last thing you want to see is a game on there? <laughs> no, I got to play a bunch of them because I, I need to know, like, okay, here's the conventions that are going on. Here's, this thing works better. Here's, you know, if if I see something in a game that I'm testing and it doesn't follow the standard conventions of the platform of the industry, you got to point that out. Or if one game has a better idea, I understand how these mechanics work. Like, you really have to uh, saturate yourself with things. Like I said before, with, with con- uh, console controllers, we have to develop with the industry to understand all of the conventions that goes on. Same sort of thing is happening with mobile. We're all developing different ways to interact with this touchscreen. I mean, you don't have like the sensory uh, input from a controller that you pushed a button, you don't get that haptic feedback with a touchscreen. So there's different ways to deal with it. Like a virtual D-pad. I used to despise virtual D-pads, but someone had the clever idea to make a floating virtual D-pad. Uh, for those who don't know, a virtual D-pad is like when you put your finger down, you move it to the right, your character goes right, you move your finger up to the left. It's like there's a circle that you put your finger in and that's where the D-pad is pointing. Yeah. But the floating D-pad is you put your thumb down. Wherever you put your thumb down is the center. And you can move your thumb relative to there. So you can control things in a way that's comfortable to your hand. Whereas before, it was fixed on the screen. Center was at a certain spot on the screen. And that drove me insane. I hated it. And everyone should hate it because it's terrible. <laughs> no, I agree. That was terrible. I much like the the floating D-pad. I've played a couple of games. I even played one a few years back, and I don't remember the name of it now, where it actually it used the, uh, the dual analogs, but it was dual yeah. analog floating D-pads. And I did not think I was going to like it, but it ended up controlling really easy, and it was not that not that hard to use. So I was and some a fan. of that has to do with the tuning of the controlling too, like uh, yeah. uh, it, how it how what your turning radius for your character is going to or your car, whatever whatever that's going to yeah. be. Um, and there's also stuff like uh, uh, real racing, where it actually uses a lot of accelerometer controls, or uh, it's, it's Sky Gamblers, I think, is a, a dog fighting game. You can use the accelerometers to control. So, like, you're, you're turning the device left, right, up, down to control your plane. And you can get a feel. Like, different people are going to do th- implement these things in different ways. Hmm. And, and it, it's good feedback to understand 
as much as you can about what all the pe- different people do yeah. to give that feedback and suggestions. And, and QA is not about suggestions necessarily, but um, e- still, if you see something that's better here than it is there, it's still good to point that out. Yeah, even if it's in a bad game, I could still point to uh, you know an improved mechanic or something. Yeah. Or an example of how you don't do things. Like, okay, <laughs> this game I'm working on is doing this thing. In this game, everybody hates this thing, and it's the same thing as the game I'm working on. I should tell them that people don't like that. Mm-hmm. But as for games that I do or don't like, I think my favorite mobile game is Puzzle and Dragon. Oh, okay. It it uh, it it really well it, it very well utilizes the touch screen. Uh, for those who don't know, it's a it's a match three type game, but it's a, a very particular one. It's not like Bejeweled where you can swap two things in adjacent or or Candy Crush for that matter. What it is is you put your finger down on one piece and you have a certain amount of time to move it wherever you want on the board and you can rearrange, like it'll keep swapping with the gems as you move it through. So you can try to match as much as you can. You have like, uh, I don't know, three to five seconds to do this. And the rest of the, the other mechanic is that it's like a dungeon crawler or a card collecting dungeon crawler fusion type thing where you have creatures that you can level up and evolve and the gems that you match in the board translate to the damage that your creatures do to the enemies in front of you in your dungeon crawl. So there's actually a fair amount going on. Hmm. Um, Let's see. Least favorite, though. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, I just... (laughs) <laughs> this must be a long list. <laughs> no, I'm just trying to. It, you know, it when you're not in it, it's it's really hard to understand. But when you're in it and you've just gone through so many things, you just start combing. It, it it's like leafing through a rolodex that's not in any order, and you're trying to find one <laughs> name. You know, it's like they don't. Nothing's sticking out as particularly bad. Um. Oh, th- yeah. There was a point where. I was actually going out of my way to look up really crappy match three games, and I can't remember the names of any of them, but some of them were really, really bad uh, for yeah. just fundamental problems, like the different items did not read versus each other when you were glancing at the screen, or the background was way too busy and started overpowering the pieces on the screen. So, I mean, there's nothing really particular to the mobile market about that, but yeah, I was going out, and I was going out of my way to find something bad. Just to see a bad example of this, I was comparing a bunch of match three games at the time. Yeah, I've actually played a few of those myself. I think I know what you mean. <laughs> the underwhelming ones. Um, for me, uh, probably the best mobile game that I played, at least the one that I enjoyed the most, was uh, The Room. Um, which was oh, that was a good one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, not what I was expecting initially, but pretty cool. Uh, and the probably the most disappointing would be Sonic Racing Transformed. Yeah, didn't uh, a <laughs> cart racer. That sounds like it would be disappointing. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I, I want to believe that the version on console or the PCs might be all right with those controls, but it just didn't work very well for me. Uh, the race, feel the racing uh, on the on the iOS, just yeah, didn't do it for me. Uh, and I paid for that. That was a bitter pill. Uh, but I should have known because that what when was the last time there was a good Sonic game? It's not like I haven't been warned, right? <laughs> so I I can, I can only blame myself. I would like to point out another game that I've heard of that it I haven't played, but it sounds very interesting, and I want to look into it. It's uh, um, an augmented reality game where it would you you would like go through your own house at night, and you look through the scanner or the scanner. <laughs> 
the phone would essentially act as a scanner where the camera is looking through the, the hallways, as, you know, AR games do, and would yeah. insert, like, ghosts into your house. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've heard of that. It, it seemed interesting. I just didn't want to be roaming the, the halls of my house like an idiot with my phone in front of my house. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Keep an eye out. I think your that. house would be good for it, Greg. It probably would, actually. I, I think it'd be a nice house for it, except, you know, it, again, you're just like a moron sometimes like <laughs> hang on just catching this ghost here in the kitchen mm. <laughs> well uh, i always feel like somebody's <laughs> watching me <laughs> well uh thanks very much guys um i uh i i, I covered most of the stuff i i wanted to ask um We'll move along uh, to my high score quiz, which uh, I admit I did not know how I was going to approach this. Um, and th- th- that's not an uncommon thing <laughs> for these quizzes, but in this case, it was particularly trying to come up with something. I am so eager to hear what you came <laughs> up with because I, I remember thinking today, I have no clue what this quiz is going to be because what could it possibly be on? But... Yeah. And uh, I'm going to cheat a little bit and insist that Greg go first because Nick, with his uh, extensive industry knowledge, might be able to uh, yeah. <laughs> to, to nail this uh, easily. Maybe. That's I don't fair. know. Yeah. Uh, so I'll start with Greg. Uh, multiple choice. Uh, I'll ask you both. As always, the question is, is tied to the topic at hand, mobile games. Uh, King Digital Entertainment are primarily a mobile developer most known for the franchise Candy Crush and also known for trying to trademark the word Saga, mm-hmm. which we will... Leave for another discussion. <laughs> uh, which of the following games is not a real game by King? I had no idea that they had this many games, but oh, I selected boy. from a list of about 12, and uh, yeah. Uh, okay, so wait, let me just make sure I understand. So you're going to list... List three games. A, a, three games. One of them is not a game by King. One of them is King. not a real game by King. You need to select that one. So which okay. of the following right. is not real? Um, okay. You did well in the last one of these, Greg. I don't know why you're... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the last one of those... I, but, man, I had to metagame the last one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, um, A is uh, Doodlebug Saga. B is Bubble Witch Saga. And yes, they're all Saga games. Uh, C, finally, uh, Pepper Panic Saga. Uh, which is not a real game by King, developers of Candy Crush Saga. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> I, no, I, I have no idea. I am... One of these is slightly... Uh, one of these is actually relatively well-known, and I say relatively... <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, mean, I, don't, I don't even go near King because... Mm reasons um what was the middle one again Uh, we have doodlebug and a doodlebug saga in a bubble witch saga in b and pepper panic saga in c i think pepper panic might be real (laughs) um i'm just gonna go with that so that i can try to figure out the other i don't know is is doodlebug a thing Uh, i'm i'll choose b why not b the the bubble witch saga sure How about as you, good Nick? As uh, I'm, I'm curious to see how well you know the King of <laughs> which one is the fake King game: Doodlebug, Bubble Witch, or Pepper Panic Saga? Do, uh, uh, Bubble Witch is a game. Mm-hmm. I played it. Um, <laughs> it's it's actually one of their larger larger ones. It's is just it? that okay. they, they, um, I'm going to go on a bit of a tangent here, but I remember <laughs> when when thing was going public, there was. There was actually some some discussions on like MSNBC or something about 
this was the same time when Facebook bought Oculus, and they were. Uh. I was thinking, oh, that's kind of good for King. Why did Facebook buy Oculus? I don't understand what they're doing. <laughs> Whereas the talking heads there said, hey, Facebook bought Oculus. They must have a plan for it. But King going public, what? They have Candy Crush? What else do they have? And I'm looking at it. They have so many titles. What are you talking about? Which goes back to the lesson of if you're going to invest, invest in what you know. Yeah. yeah. Anyhow, let's see. I do know that now Bubble you're just Witch. Stalling. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I just uh, wanted to say that um, Bubble Witch is a thing. Um, I know they have what Pet Rescue, Papa Pear. Um, <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of alliteration going on Holy, here. I'm, I'm telling yeah. you, like these things sound like Disney Junior shows right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Papa Pear even looks like one. Papa Pear is like a bad yeah. ripoff of Peggle or something. Cool. Yeah. Um, let's see. This, so it's between Doodlebug and what was it? Pepper, Pepper Panic. Panic. Uh, Doodlebug, I, I, I'm not sure about these ones, but Doodlebug, I think, is something else, and they'd be probably wouldn't want to invite any argument from Doodle Jump. So I'm going to guess Pepper Panic. <laughs> wow, metagamed. Uh, you, you, uh, so, so sorry. Um, you're guessing. Uh, you're guessing Doodlebug is. Sorry, Doodlebug is not. Is not a I'm game. guessing Doodlebug is not a king game. Okay, good. Yeah, I, for a moment there, when you said it, when you phrased it that way, I was confused. Yes, you are in fact right. The fake game is Doodlebug Saga, Pepper Panic, and Bubble Witch are both real games, and by no means the most ridiculous titles in their library. Uh, I have never been happier to get one of these wrong. <laughs> <laughs> See, yeah. you're not a filthy casual. You're looking yeah. down on these, just like everybody else. Who's threatened by people <laughs> joining their exclusive club of hardcore gamers? Why don't you play real games? Yeah. It's the same way musicians look down on people who play <laughs> Guitar Hero and Rock Band. It's like, yeah, people aren't going to learn how to play instruments. If you want to, if you want to make music, you're going to learn how to play an instrument. Yeah, yeah. If you want to jump around in your living room, you play Rock Rock Band. So. Um, I did not do an old school recommendation this week because the only old school recommendations on mobile games are silly things like Snake and Breakout, and I was hardly going to recommend two things that were <laughs> not really fond memories for me, so we'll skip the old school recommendation this week, unless Nick knows of a really ancient <laughs> uh, well, mobile I was gonna game say, that's still around. <laughs> well, one thing I was going to say is a lot of old mobile games you're not going to be able to see around anymore. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I would say an old school recommendation that would would apply because it's an old king game and it's actually a lot of fun it's called tower of greed and you can find it on congregate oh okay hmm. uh, yeah that's back when king was actually one of the like i thought they were garbage compared to armor games because all their stuff loaded so slow <laughs> but uh yeah tower of greed it's fun it's like you're a little puff ball and you got to jump up like the this you're in a tower and this camera scrolls up and you have to jump up uh, through a whole bunch of obstacles and try to collect money. And uh, it, it's actually pretty frantic and fun. Cool, cool. Well, thank you for that, because I had nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, thank you uh, thank you to my guests, uh, Greg and, and Nick. Um, you were definitely my A-team um, 
for uh, for mobile games. So thank you for your time. Uh, you can find uh, you can enjoy more Enthusiax content, including additional podcasts, at www.enthusiax.com. Our Twitter feed, as I mentioned up the front, is at Enthusiax. Our YouTube channel with our Let's Plays and Dragon Rages and Goose uh, material is Channel Enthusiax on YouTube. Uh, we have a forum there. Uh, you can join in discussions uh, in our forum. Our email for this podcast is pointstreak at enthusiacs.com if you have any questions, feedback, or suggestions for show ideas. Thanks again to my guests, and thank you for listening. And join us again next week on another episode. Whoa, 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 whoa. You, you're preempting hero talk? <laughs> What, what's going on <laughs> sorry join us and you're not going to give a not, shout out to behind the line not <laughs> yeah yeah holy cow oh, yeah, right. kidding. wow 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 that's Here's i just Nick, i just, just realized i just realized we, that's our first show since uh since you've been writing those i, th- I think yeah. um yes uh, a plug uh, to our, <laughs> our, our our wednesday typically wednesday i believe it is column by nick i try uh, to target tuesday, tuesday. i missed tu- last oh, week. oh okay tuesday column. i might have to I, I might have to move that because i noticed we have a whole bunch of stuff that tends to happen on tuesday but anyway yeah uh, typically a Tuesday column by Nick uh, called Behind the Line, uh, where Nick gives us a, a glimpse of uh, development and industry uh, perspectives from uh, behind uh, the developmental line, so to speak. So have a look out for that. Uh, if you s- look at an article and you see a bunch of cubicles, you've found the right article. That That's Nick. Um, and no, I, I did not in fact mean next week. I meant next time on, on Point Streak. Obviously, we alternate with our beloved sister podcast, Hero Talk. I would not want to forget to mention. So thanks again to Nick and Greg and join us again on the next episode of Point Streak.